are back 32 minutes after 11 o'clock. As it turns out, Richard was able to join us in studio, so phone lines are open at 367-1240. If you've got a question or a comment for Richard, don't hesitate in which to give us a call. Richard, how are you doing today? Jeff, after a beautiful day of rain, uh, I'm doing really good today. You know, I, I saw about a half an inch uh, at the airport uh, combined uh, throughout the day, and uh, I would say downtown it was probably similar a good soaking rain too you know it didn't i mean there may have been a few occasions where it rained heavier than other times but it seemed like a pretty good soaking rain definitely you know when it when it rains in the middle of grinding and the farmers are okay with it you know it's a it's a good sign yeah and uh because we really needed i thought we had gotten more than that and maybe some areas did but uh we'll take what we got but it was in terms of uh just a slow you know moderate rainfall all day it was kind of perfect for in terms of what you know what we needed yeah i i thought so and again whether it um cures all the ills uh, that folks have been dealing with maybe not but at least it's a start it's a start and uh so you know maybe we'll get uh and, and the cooler temps are coming jeff and that's going to be that's going to be good for everybody too uh in terms in, of in this cloud cover you know, yesterday's cloud cover along with today's cloud cover, uh, maybe that moisture doesn't evaporate as quickly. That's, that's exactly right. And, you know, people always talk about how rains are, are you know, better than, than uh, you know, hose water. And that's true. But usually it's, it's, it's what you just said. It's a combination of the fact that it's rainfall and it's cloudy and all of that does uh, allow for that water to stay. As opposed, you know, Jeff, when we were watering, you know, uh, during the during the summertime, and we were watering it. Well, my God, I I don't I can't even imagine what percentage of that water was just poof, mm-hmm. you know, just evaporating. And uh, so, you know, it's a combination of good old uh, Mother Nature water. This overcast weather is all really good thing. Now the wind's going to blow from the north and uh, and take some of it, obviously. But if we just kind of get into a normal pattern, you know, maybe next Wednesday, or Thursday, we get a little bit of rain and just not not a gully washer, just do it. So it's a start. And uh, it, it was it, it was it, it, almost to the point of essential, and um, and so that's a good thing. You know, people I've been pushing people off in terms of the lawns, Jeff. You know, lawns suffered uh, tremendously this summer. Uh, we've got a lot of weak spots, a lot of dead spots. So uh, this is our opportunity to uh, winterize, which would be fertilize, and you can also spray too if you have a lot of weeds. Uh, now's a good time strictly because the temperatures aren't as hot and, uh, 85 and below is a, is a really good temperature in which you can, uh, uh, uh not damage the lawn and be able to spray and, and, and many times overspray, assuming, you know, it's labeled to spray on, on the lawns and you can kill a lot of those, uh, hard to kill weeds, but just as important is, uh, this year we want, we, we, we do want to winterize strictly because the grass suffered so much and uh and now that we've gotten some rain it's a good opportunity to do it because uh, it won't stress out the uh the grass but overall uh, uh a positive sign and i think it's going to help the lawns uh, again also yeah um tomorrow's high expected to be 87 i'm starting to doubt that now though for whatever reason but no rain in the forecast now through wednesday so all right all right okay i bought a, a couple of issues that are coming i'm gonna throw this one at you jeff and i want you to go ahead and grab that and uh Tell me what you think that is. Uh, I'm, I'm, I want to look at those little white things, and Jeff's looking at a, basically a bear sticker a customer brought in, and it has these little white dots all over it, uh, kind of grouping together. 
And uh, Jeff, you did not touch it, which really disappoints me. Good guess because scale can scale is more mounding and more symmetrical. Uh, that's actually an insect too. You're correct. Mm-hmm. It's actually something called mealybugs. Uh, very very contagious. Uh, they will spread in in uh, in like offices like this tremendously over. Uh, <laughs> I got your uh, mum over there, man. <laughs> no, they're very, uh, they're very slow. Slow. They're going to stay on the stem, and they're easy to kill. But you want to kill them because they multiply rapidly. And uh, I would venture to say this, this little things. And if you look at it really, really close, a mealybugs actually has these little legs, but they're not going to be moving. So a lot of people like scale. They say it's not a bug, uh, and they'll misdiagnose diagnose this as a as a fungus. Uh, but it's actually an insect that just kind of multiplies. It moves, but it's very, very slow. So you, you generally don't see it move. But in this kind of temperatures, uh, they multiply very fast, and they will cause damage. But, I mean, if you came back here in, 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 a, uh, in a week, uh, the mealybugs would have doubled. And so you want to get rid of it. Look for it. You see it a lot on coleus, a lot on uh, plants that are thick. This was actually a hibiscus. Uh, again, we always talk about airflow, you know, kind of thin them out. Like the coli, sometimes you're going to thin them out, and they'll come back. And, and so that was an issue that's very common. All right, Jeff, now here's, the, here's another quiz for you. Now, do you know what that plant is? I mean, on first blush, um, some sort of uh, succulent. It starts with an A. What's the yeah, that's it. For? You got it. Aloe vera. Aloe vera. Thank you. Very Why good. Why did I not? I use aloe vera every day on my face. That's why very, I look so very, young. very popular. Aloe vera is a succulent. Uh, it basically, has cactus-like like uh, uh, branching, and you can actually cut these, Jeff, and they ooze the substance, yeah, oh yeah, and yeah. you can you can wipe it on you. But the reason I bought it is because what do you think is causing that limp issue, and it turning kind of brown? If I had to guess, it's been overwatered. Very good. That is exactly what it is. I did that to mine. That's exactly right, and so. Uh, these are actually out in the nursery. So what we need to do is they were it hadn't rained in so long, and so uh, we actually put them out in the nursery. So we're going to have to bring that in under cover so we can control the, the amount of moisture. All we do is cut these uh, the, the branching that's that's kind of uh, full of water. You can almost tell in turning brown. Cut it off and fertilize it, and this will come roaring right back. And just the main thing is you just don't want to water it. Succulents in general. Uh, you know, if we water these once a week, that would be fine. How do you know it needs water? What's it, how does it talk to you? It, it would start to turn yellow, and then eventually it would start to turn brown. But usually the first sign is a yellowing, discoloration, and, uh, and, and that's it. Overwatering on a succulent will actually, the leaves get soft and hang and turn and then start to brown. Okay. And so, very good, Jeff. Um, and so, that's kind of it. The uh, And the main thing with succulents is you do want to put them in pots. We just, when we start getting rains, Jeff, it's not like this summer where we got nothing. If you, if you put them in the ground, uh, as a general rule, they won't perform as well strictly because when we do get rain, we can get a lot of it. Like last year, we got rain for six or eight weeks consecutively. And so it's not so much that we get one torrential downpour, but that we will keep getting them, especially in the winter times, where in some of the... Um, you, you know, West Coast regions. You know, they don't. It's it's de- uh, 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 desert-like conditions, and it's generally not a, uh, an issue in terms of rainfall. Uh, not to say that things like aloe vera couldn't do in the ground, but you have to find a right spot where maybe a little overhang or something. Where when I mean, we do get a lot of rain, it doesn't get in there, and uh, they will perform 
uh, much, much better. All the succulents, such as uh, aloe veras and purslane and portulaca and some of the other ones I'm forgetting about, perform really well this summer. And that's some of the ones that, that could take that heat and take the stress point of, of dry and heat combined. So your succulents perform very, very well. But just know that that's going to change, and then we will start to get our normal weather pattern. So uh, good one. So aloe veras are great for, uh, for our containers. And, again, great for, uh, you know, your own usage. Uh, Jeff, kind of switching and talking a little bit about some of the uh, vegetables. Still time to plant vegetables. You know, we got all the cabbage and broccoli and cauliflower. But I want to talk about uh, some of the greens that people are planting uh, that do extremely well. Uh, uh, also, sometimes in the winter, Jeff, and I kind of face that at my house too, uh, is that it's not that my, you know, I'm able to grow tomatoes and peppers and um, things like that in the in the summertime because I, I, there's enough light. The day length is long enough. But as we get into the winter, uh, my little area doesn't quite get enough uh, sunshine to grow uh, uh, things that are going to produce. So you have to go with with uh, leafy leafy materials such as cabbage. Even though the cabbage has to make a head, but if you're really getting a lot less sun, you know, don't forget greens. Greens do extremely well and easy to do. And the most popular of the greens is mustard greens. People will just broadcast that. So if you have a four-by-four raised bed that you say, you know what, I'm going to wait till uh, next spring before I plant anything, Uh, mustard is a very easy one. You don't have to... You don't have to work the soil. Just put a little fertilizer in it and just broadcast it and rake it in, and they will come up, and you just harvest it as it is. Uh, Swiss chard is another real good green that does well. And Swiss chard also, uh, you know, there's green Swiss chards, but there's also colorful ones. So you actually see these in pots, and what I'm showing uh, Jeff is one called Bright Lights. And it has uh, the, the, the midrib ha- is yellow, red, orange. And so it's very colorful, and you can use it in containers as a decorative item, but you can also uh, you can eat off of them. The lettuces. The only thing about lettuces you want to be careful in terms of there's also head lettuce, which can do, but they need a lot of sun. And we need a pretty good amount of mild temperatures to make them head. Otherwise, they won't tighten up. But the leaf lettuces do great, and we're just starting to get to the time where we can plant them uh, because the temperatures have dropped. But uh, you know, black seeded Simpson uh, leaf lettuce, uh, butter crunch, bib, slow boat, um, and 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 of course, you know the you know the the real real popular lettuces such as uh, romaines do very very well, and and those are very easy to do too. The leaf lettuce, you just kind of drill them if you can get them four to six inches apart. And lettuce is one of the few seeds that do need light to germinate. So you're going you're gonna, to you're gonna cover it, but it's going to be very shallow, maybe a quarter of an inch. And they'll come up uh, relatively fast and, again, do very well. If you have a shady area, the leaf lettuces uh, will, do, will do fine. Kale, we talked about in a few earlier shows, um, becoming more and more popular. And you have curly kale, red Russian kale, a lot of different just regular green kale uh, Again, uh, a good leaf lettuce that doesn't take a lot of sun. Arugula is uh, also being utilized. That's a, uh, it has kind of a spicy, I guess, uh, flavor to it. They use it a lot in salads and uh, does real well. Real well. And, uh, and, of course, uh, you know, our parsley, two types of parsley, plain, Italian, and curly leaf parsley. Both of them perform really well. You can have, have a little trouble getting parsley up. And that's when we start to go to the towel and wet the towel and to get it to germinate. But again, does really, really well. 
collards. You know, Jeff, we used to sell, I don't know, I used to sell 100 pounds of mustard seed to one ounce of collard seeds. All right? Mm-hmm. And it's still that way, but instead of the 100 pounds of mustard seed, we might sell, you know, four or five pounds of collards. And because people, I think it's the cooking shows, people are seeing <laughs> the utilizations of all these different things. And Georgia College does real well. Collards are basically a green-like mustard, just has a different taste, and, uh, uh, but does perform real well. And spinach is the a, is a last major green that does really good, especially now that temperatures are cooler, easy to plant. So if you want to give up on your fall garden, so I'm going to wait for spring, and you have a little bit of time, but you have the space, utilize it. Any of these can do real well and, uh, you know, just not a lot of uh, issues. Sometimes you may get a little, uh, a few insects and you just have to spray it. Good thing about the fall crop is the insecticides that you spray with are easily controlled by organic, natural materials. And so there's not a, you know, you're not using a commercial product that's getting on these leaves or these things that you're eating, and they just perform really, really well. Another uh, uh, vegetable that's becoming more popular, it's kind of the same uh, uh, ratio of uh, amount planted, is uh, rutabagas. Mm. Uh, rutabaga, I don't know, if I sold five packs a season, you know, uh, <laughs> it would have been a lot. And now, you know, still not a lot, but we, I sell uh, 20 or 30 packs of rutabaga. Okay. And so people, uh, I, again, I think it's the uh, – the, the internet and uh, and recipe shows uh, they are finding out how rutabaga is basically grown uh, exactly like a turnip. Uh, it's a root crop. It gets bigger than a, much much bigger than a turnip, uh, but it looks it looks almost identical to one. Uh, it has a little bit sweeter taste to it, a little bit milder taste. Uh, but you you cook them like you do a potato in terms of you can boil them. You can make hash browns out of them. Uh, you can make a soup out of them. You can roast them. But the mm. good thing about it, they're low-carb and less calories. You know, a lot of people like the carbs and the potatoes and the calories. And uh, so I think it's definitely one that is worth a try. And before you grow them, you may just go buy one in the, in the grocery store and, again, go online oh, yeah. Yeah. And, and, and cook with it. But they're easy to grow, just like a turnip. Turnip is very easy. You know, they'll broadcast that also. And rutabaga, you can do the same thing. But they're going to get uh, – each rutabaga is going to – get much much bigger as a general rule a turnip could get really big but it's, but the turnip itself is going to be real coarse and, and tough and that's not the uh uh the 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 case with the rutabaga so it's worth a try to uh give it a whirl and uh and then here's i did bring a picture of it and, and uh so you can see that and it looks like a turnip right jeff yeah yeah absolutely and uh why, why is it only purple at the top is that normal yeah that's normal okay yeah yeah, it could be a little uh, whitish, kind of like a kind of like a turtle, like a turnip, but uh, has a different look to it. And you you skin them and uh, and take the exterior out, but cook them like you would a potato. Okay. All right. So I did bring some uh, some of the flowers. You know, Jeff, we keep pushing people off when it comes to things like pansies and violas, but I think uh, our timing is good, and uh, so I think we're good to go. You know, this is my old standard. Uh, uh, Purple and gold uh, viola, which is a easy, easy to grow. It's in the pansy family, but it's just a much smaller flower than the pansy. But in terms of the number of flowers, it's going to be very prolific. Um, we're starting to sell a few more since LSU won that game the other, <laughs> the other weekend. So if they can keep going. I, 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 do you really notice that? No, I don't. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> 
I've been impressed. I said, I always tell the joke is always the week before the Alabama game. I said, you can buy them now and pay the same thing, but they may be half off there next week go. or they may be twice the price. Exactly. So, uh, but anyway, so, but these are popular because, you know, purple and gold are good color combination. The, uh, the yellow uh, make them uh, show up really good. But it's, the viola is a much smaller pansy. It's about the size of a, the flowers are about the size of a dime as opposed to a pansy, which would a be a little the, bigger. Yeah. yeah and, and they get a lot bigger than that. Maybe a half so dollar. purple and gold, purple and gold. Um, and, and that's the, that's the kind of the benefit to the pansies. You have the colors are more vibrant. Um, um, you know, you've got, uh, you know, kind of bronzy look, certainly the yellows. You got some that have the little faces they call it in Sarah and some that are just, uh, straight yellow. So the vibrancy of the colors of the pansy make them more tr- intriguing. The problem with the pansy down here is we need mild temperatures for them to, to do well and succeed. Um, uh, so you can't plant them too early because they really struggle. Um, but they do come in a wide array of colors. Pansies also now uh, will come in one that have the faces, with the, which is a, the darkening on the interior of the petals, and some that are just clear. Uh, there's one called Panola now, which is a combination of the pansy and the viola, mm. which is kind of the in between the, uh, the the flowers are bigger than the uh, viola, uh, but not quite as big as the pansies. I find with the pansies, Jeff, that when the flowers get so big, especially I guess with the humidities and the and the moisture levels down here, is that sometimes it takes them a little while after a rain or in the humid dew, they will fall and it takes them a little while for as the day goes on from the pop back up and be showy. And that's not true with the violas. It's just the heaviness of the flowers with the moisture causes the pansies to uh, droop more. Not quite as showy. And, and hence the uh, panola, which is the combination. Uh, and I think that one will be more showy. Uh, because of the size of the flower, but not as big as the pansies, but it still shows more because the flower is standing up and and uh, and does real well. But both of these uh, come in, and again, a, a wide array of colors. You can grow these in containers, and you can grow these in the ground. Pansies and the violas will tolerate uh, a little bit less color than some of the more traditional fall flowers, such as petunias and snapdragons. Strictly because uh, you know our day length is getting shorter, so if you if you if you're worried about the amount of sun you're getting, pansy would be a good one to try. But if it's dead shade, they won't do, Jeff. None of them will do. It's just again our day length is short, the light intensity is less. So if you're under a, a, a you know a big oak tree and mm. it's a lot of shade, you know don't even go there. There's one uh, uh, that will get uh, in about three or four weeks, and the name. Escapes me, but I'll, I'll remember it. But that one is the go-to plant um, that you can plant in the shade that does real, real well. Makes big flowers. It does big flower. Okay. Yeah, it makes a flower. So it's one of the, it's it's one of the few. And there's just kind of you kind of limited on cyclamen is the is the is the name of the flower. So those will do well. Uh, need good drainage, and will tolerate pretty good shade. And so that's the kind of limiting factor. So you face both sunlight issues, Jeff, when it comes to vegetables. As you do with flowers, and it's it's a combination of uh, day length and light intensity, and the fact that many, like you mentioned, many winters you got overcast weather. So you combine that, even when the sun is out in the winter times, a lot of times you have these overcast days, so you just don't have the amount of light. So all of that combined 
you know, kind of creates a problem and, and you know, uh, you just got to be, you got to prepare for it. You, you know, you cannot plant a tomato plant uh, in a spot where you're getting too much shade. And it's too late to plant tomatoes anyway unless you get these big ones. Put them in containers, you can do it. But, but if you were going to plant a tomato in the fall, remember, you can't do it in the same situation where you're just getting a little more shade uh, in the spring. And it's because in the, in the fall, you get even less sun because of the day length is shorter. When it comes to the petunias, uh, Jeff, they, you know, they're getting more and more petunias. Uh, the one I'm showing Jeff here is a deep purple. I was going to say rich in color. It, it really is. And that's kind of unusual. That's kind of pansy-type uh, coloration. And, uh, uh, but, but, but petunias today, you know, you've got many, many different varieties, some that you really can't tell the difference. But uh, the one I'm showing Jeff is more of a spreading one. This is the wave petunia. It will actually spread more and these a little bit more upright and um, uh, get around six eight inches tall and spread maybe you know about six or eight inches whereas the way petunias will go 12 to 15 inches wide you know what are some of the uh you know if you're doing big areas or in containers the waves are great uh these uh the, this is called madness uh, do great in the ground uh if you're doing a mass planting because they're going to be more upright so if you're going to mass plant these madness you know, you space these 8, 10 inches apart, they will fill that in and perform very, very well. You know, the the advantage of the petunia over the pansy is that last year we got that cold weather that went down to 22 degrees. Yeah. Pansy took it, petunia struggled, okay? But if it's a normal winter and it gets down to 25 for a couple hours at night and, and or, or 28 or 30, uh, the petunias will do fine. Uh, the difference is the petunias – can be planted earlier, and they will go much, much longer, well into the uh, uh, into the May, June-ish time frame, where the pansies will play out because the temperatures get too hot. Once the temperatures start to get into the upper 80s and 90s, the pansy will struggle. So generally we tell people they'll last to maybe the first or second week of May, and that'll probably be it, whereas the petunias will continue on. So, yeah, there's a little risk there if it gets too dang, um, too dang cold. But it's going to have to get extremely cold, and it's going to have to be very unusual for that to happen. And, of course, Jeff, I know you Snapdragon. Snapdragon. There you go. Oh, I had those growing up. That's right. You said that. And, yeah. and of course, the Snapdragon gets its name from uh, by pressing the, uh, the flower. It's jaw. And it's jaw, and it makes it look like a snapping mm-hmm. dragon. And the snaps are, again, um, more sun than shade, more sun the better. Uh, they like the cool temperatures, or they're more uh, cold tolerant than the pansy uh, or in terms of they can take some heat I guess the biggest issue with, with snaps is good drainage alright they don't like when we get a lot of rain and it starts to uh, starts to stay wet they really don't they, they don't enjoy that um, so from now on you can easily pant the snapdragon and you should be in good shape uh, the snaps now traditionally years ago, many many years ago, there was one called Rocket, which got around two, two and a half, three feet tall, and needed to be staked to because it would just fall. Now there's a couple different varieties, and the, the basic difference is is that uh, some uh, will get about uh, 18 inches tall, and that's Liberty and Sonnet. And some will get, uh, you know, about 12 inches tall. And this one's called Snapshot, and there's a couple other uh, dwarf varieties. Just want to know that any of these can go in containers or the ground. 
you just want to obviously know what's going to be the mature height of these because you don't want to be planting things in front of it or behind it that would block it. You can intermix it, but they perform extremely well, very, very showy. Uh, when it comes to the blooming season, they will bloom in the fall. Then because of day length and just lack of sun, usually in January, you're not going to get as much color, but then they start exploding in February, March, April, and May because of the sun. The day length is getting longer. And generally, these overcast days will kind of fade away and and uh, and, and perform really, really good. R- remember, too, uh, you know, after you planted your whatever bedding plants you planted, um, you know, you always want to put a granulated fertilizer in the ground when you plant it. But you also want to shoot liquids on them also to supplement the, those granules. That helps a lot, especially in the cool season crops uh, because they will pick up that that fertilizer through the leaves. And they will benefit almost immediately from it. So, you know, liquid fertilizers combined with the granulates. If you can't do both, just do the granules. Uh, That's important. But they perform really, really good. All of these plants will do well. I think our temps are finally cooperating. And maybe the rainfall is a sign of things to come. And and so we'll have to wait and see. There you go. Anything else uh, you want to share today? I think that's it, Jeff. All right. Uh, Still open uh, Sundays, right? Yep, yep. All right, Uh, Richard, always a pleasure. Appreciate you making it, and look forward to the next time. Thank you, Jeff.